Hello and welcome to the Boy November podcast. This is episode six, Bits and Bobs. And it's called Bits and Bobs, you may have guessed, because it doesn't have a particular theme. Yeah, if you've been tuning in all, all along so far and you listened to episode five about our, our fella, uh, yeah, it was fairly intense. It was a fairly intense episode. And yeah, this week is going to be very short and a little less intense, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I was I was very happy again with the response to last week's episode uh, about my brother Seamus, and it was it was a very interesting experience to to sit and just talk for an hour over an hour about about the the events, um, some of the events of of Seamus's life and the the few events of the the last few days of his life, and it really kind of took me right back there to 1991 and yeah I, I wasn't quite expecting it to be so intense and I think I think it was good I think it was good I got a lot of good feedback and I got a lot of positive feedback from from some close family members so uh, in particular my sister texted me on on Sunday evening to say that she had listened in and and while it was very sad to to listen, she felt it was really worthwhile. So, so that 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 was really good because yeah, I'm a little bit conscious, I suppose, of of talking about my family and particularly, um, you know, people who who might be listening in. Um, and so it's good to get their um get their approval, I suppose, get their thumbs up to say that they enjoyed it, and uh, and that's good because um. I suppose being open, being open is is what this podcast is about, and I suppose it's uh, it's what I'm I'm trying to promote here in in the Boy November podcast. So, so that was all good. So back to this week, bits and bobs. Um, yeah, I didn't get talking about any sport related issue last week. I I was going to talk about a couple of events, sporting Gaelic football events. Funny enough, that happened in 1991, but with the intensity of the podcast, it, it didn't feel appropriate. So I'm going to chat about those just at the start of this podcast. So, yeah, 1991, folks, was a big year in Gaelic football for County Down. And they they won the All-Ireland for the for the fourth time, beating Meath in the final. Um, Meath had this epic journey through Leinster. I think they drew with Wicklow in the first round and then they had three games against Dublin in the quarterfinal. Um, all those games were played at Croke Park. So when people think back to, to what happened in 1991, they think about those three games between Meath and Dublin in the Leinster Championship. And there's not a whole lot of talk about the, the team that actually won the All-Ireland that year, which which was, was down. But yeah, down did win. And... Uh, my teacher at the time, uh, Pete McGrath, was the manager, and I remember him and the team coming back into Newry the Monday after the game, the day after the game, and he made the speech, I think he made the speech in a number of different places that they went to that night and the subsequent nights, but he talked about me being the team that couldn't be beaten and how down with the team that beat the team that couldn't be beaten. So, uh, yeah, I'll never forget that little, that little uh, speech by Pete McGrath, uh, down legend, 
So, yeah, that was 1991, September 1991. And uh, a few weeks later, there was another monumental sporting Gaelic football um, occurrence. And that was when the Burn under-16s won the county final against Downpatrick in, in Newcastle. I think it may have been October 91. And uh, yeah, that game went down as my greatest ever achievement in Gaelic football, in, in terms of playing Gaelic football anyway. Um, yeah, I came on in the the last 15 minutes of that game in full forward. Uh, I remember being very excited and, and uh, doing a great warm up and down the side of the pitch. And and running on to the to the pitch with my slip for the ref, and the ref was away up the other end of the pitch, so I had to run up to him, and then I ran the whole way up the pitch to uh, to the full forward position. And I remember the first play of the game, and when when, um, when the referee started the game, and I was on, um, Sean Ward got the ball um, on the left wing and made this mazy run around um, down right down the left wing. Um, now, Sean went on to captain the Down senior team and he went on to, to manage the, the Burns senior team as well. So when Sean passed the ball to me, he was, he was being very generous actually after taking the ball maybe about 40, 50 yards by himself, he passed it to me in front of Nets. Now, in fairness, there was a keeper and two two defenders on the line. And in hindsight, I should have just fisted the ball over the bar, but... Uh, I was never one for fisting the ball over the bar. So I took my shot and it wasn't the greatest shot. And I think one of the defenders saved it anyway. So that was my first touch was was a shot on goal, but not successful. But uh, which was a pity. But a few other balls came in and I won some balls and um, we got some scores from them. So I was happy enough with my overall performance. And uh, yeah, that was my greatest achievement on playing uh, on the... the uh, Gaelic football pitch so um, yeah that was 1991 October 1991 so um, yeah so what else was I going to talk about this week yeah I, I watched uh, a great documentary during the week there on the RTE player called Players of the Faithful and it was about the the team the Offaly team that beat Kerry in the 1982 All-Ireland Final. Um, one of the contributors is a guy called Paul Rouse, R-O-U-S-E, and he's a, a history lecturer in UCD, and he's written a number of books, including Sport and Ireland, A History, uh, The GAA, People's History, and most recently there, before Christmas, he released a book called The Hurlers, The First All-Ireland Championship, and the making of modern hurling. So he's well into his GAA and he knows his stuff. And he actually, for a short time last summer, after there was a bit of a fallout in the Offaly senior football camp, he became the manager of the Offaly senior team for a few months and and uh, took them through a number of, of games. I think one game in the Leinster Championship and maybe one or two games in the, in the qualifiers. So... Yeah, he made the, in the, he was being interviewed in in this documentary about the awfully eighty two team, and he made this great statement. He said, "So that awfully team, that was the greatest one in a row in history. The greatest one in a row in history. And it really was." Now, when you think about the awfully eighty two win, you probably think 
Offaly actually came from nowhere. But actually, Offaly had won the Leinster Senior Football Championship in 1980, 81 and 82. So they'd won the, Le- the Leinster Senior Championship in three years in a row. And they'd beaten Dublin in, in each of those championships, usually in the final. And uh, Dublin were a great team at that stage. They were Heffo's armies, Ke- Kevin Heffernan's army. Um, so they were really no slouches whatsoever. And they had this fantastic player in the forward line called Matt Connor. Uh, he was so skillful, tall, languid player. Um, could score from anywhere. He was their free taker as well. And yeah, they had, well, they, they had so many great, great players. Um, um, but the guy that stole the limelight, obviously, was this guy who came on in the last few minutes of the 82 All-Ireland when Offaly were just two points down with about two minutes to go. Now, they had held uh, Kerry to within, I think, four points was the biggest bar- margin in that final. Previous finals, they were they were fairly well beat early on by, by Kerry and they couldn't recover. So they, they had managed to keep within scoring distance, you know, four points, still only two scores away. So, so they were still always fairly much within uh, touching distance. And then Kerry got a penalty and the awfully goalkeeper saved. Well, and so that was the other important thing they wanted. All the awfully players were all, all said they wanted to prevent Kerry scoring the goal, which they, which they did. So they were still those 17 points to 15 points down coming into the last two minutes. Eugene McGee, the awfully manager, springs this week, guy, Seamus Darby from the bench. And again, when I looked at it, I've watched that goal numerous occasions and I never really looked at the figure of Seamus Darby, but he is uh, quite a small man. And he says that himself when, he, when he's been interviewed and he's a small, stocky guy. And uh, apparently, anyway, he was, he was always good for a goal. So he came on, he came on left corner forward and the guy that he came on for was playing right half forward. So the guy that was marking, that was playing left half back, he went and followed Darby into the right cornerback position. So he was kind of playing out of position. And anyway, as the, the game went uh, close to full time, the f- awfully fullback drove up the field underneath the, the Cusick stand and he launched a big ball, a big high ball into Darby. Darby's a wee small guy, you wouldn't think he's going to get it. But there is a little bit of a nudge in the uh, in the Kerry defender. Can't remember his name. The Kerry defender, the, the Derby nudges the Kerry defender. The ball drops into to Derby's hands. He turns. He's just right on the corner of the penalty area at this stage. He swings his left foot at it, at the ball, and the ball just loops over the head of the keeper, uh, the Kerry keeper, and into the top of the net in front of Hill 16 and the crowd there's going to be loads of awfully supporters up on the hill and Darby just throws his hands up in the air he turns around and faces the hill and does this little jig and uh, the game goes on then Kerry break up the field again they go for a goal again and obviously the awfully players are putting their bodies in on the line they want this so badly and eventually the the final whistle blows with the awfully full back with his, the ball in his hands and he's running up the, the field and when the final whistle blows he continues to run up the field with the ball in his hands above his head 
and obviously all the awfully player, all the awfully supporters flood the pitch, and there's scenes of great emotion. But I, I just love that. I just love the somewhat underdogs um, coming round and and winning, and that's that's always a good story, and it obviously is very um, pertinent to to the present championship as well because Dublin are obviously going for, for their five in a row and become the greatest team in history or, or whatever so it would be interesting if uh, if some team could come up and, and prevent that um, would that be as uh, would that uh, be as, as such a fairy tale as, as Seamus Derby winning winning gold for Offaly in 82 I'm not I don't know maybe it will Maybe if Down win, it certainly would this year, coming from Division 3. But who knows? Who knows? So that's it, guys. Um, yeah. A little bit of a, t- um, a question, a little teaser for you. Uh, see if anybody can answer this one. When, uh, Which All-Ireland football final had the highest attendance? So which All-Ireland football final between what two teams and what year was the highest attendance for an All-Ireland football final final ever? If anybody can answer that, just send me a wee message on Facebook, on the Boy November Facebook page, or the Hugh Doyle, Hugh Doyle Facebook page, or up on the Podbean, on the Boy November Podkeen, Pod, Podbean. Um, yeah. See who see who gets the answer to that, um, yeah. And the final thing, guys, I just wanted to mention was I was really happy during the week. Um, I I wrote up basically episode three of the Boy November podcast, um, which was entitled Home, which was all about home and what working out what home means. So I wrote up an article based based on that episode, and I sent it off to to a website called A Lust for Life, which was set up by Niall Breslin Brezzy the singer, former rugby player. And it's a website that uh, with loads of various articles from various contributors all around uh, mental health and well-being. So anyway, I wasn't overly hopeful that they, they would publish it. So I sent it off on Sunday and on Wednesday, they, I got a wee email to say that it they were going to publish it. So it's up on their website now and it was on their Facebook page on, on Wednesday night or Thursday night. I can't remember it. So um, I was happy out about that. And uh that's something I might do as well. I might um, write up some of these episodes as well and send them off to A Lust for Life or other places as well. So um, again, thanks for everybody who read that article as well. So I suppose not everybody maybe listens to the pod, the podcasts. Um, it's great if you can. Um, I suppose it's, it's, it's just quicker and easier to read a, well, a thousand word article. So, uh, but it's good, I think, to have those two formats. So Thank you, uh, thank you guys for for listening again today. I am here in Chrysler and I'm heading off now to to Burn, heading across the country now. Uh, it's a beautiful sunny Sunday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and uh, heading up to to meet the to meet the family. Well, first of all, going to head up the to Sleeve Martin tonight in the dark, and uh, and then tomorrow morning meet the family for um, a wee get together for my. In remembrance of uh, of my mother and father, whose anniversaries uh, are on at this time, so so uh, that's always good. Always good to meet the family. 
So guys, thanks a million for listening and uh, hope you are well. Um, don't forget if you're listening on Podbean to, you know, write your name up on your Podbean account or stick a wee photo up so I know who, who's been listening in or, or write a wee note um, with your feedback. That, that would be brilliant. And, and don't forget to follow the, the Boy November podcast on Podbean when you're in there. Um, so you get the each week's episode automatically delivered to your phone. And don't forget to like the Boy November Facebook page as well. Uh, that would be super. So thank you, guys. I'm going to leave it there and uh, we'll chat to you next week.